Community Voice Podcast, episode number 40. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Well, this is going to be a little bit of a unique episode of the Community Voice. I am delighted to share what you are going to hear of of a portion of a conversation that I had with a dear friend of mine, Carrie Olson. I met Carrie Olson and her husband, Derek Olson, many years ago. As far as I can remember, they were listening to some podcast content that my wife and I were producing. Uh, They started podcasting uh, their own shows together as a husband and wife, and uh, through some very awesome circumstances, I was able to introduce them to an opportunity where they could get paid for podcasting, and Carrie then said, you know, I wonder what else I could do to make a living from using my voice in audio recordings, and she started an incredibly successful voiceover business, Carrie Olson VO, by the way. Uh, of course, that'll all be spelled out in the end of the conversation here with, that I have with Carrie. But not, I'm not taking credit for all of that stuff. Don't get me wrong. It's just, it, it's just that we go way back. But I did have an incredible honor of doing one-on-one coaching and also having Carrie in the Next Level Mastermind Group for one year. And it's through that one year that it was just to be able to do life with her, to have so many conversations, getting so much clarity about how does she want to design her life around her business, or actually the other way around, I should say. How does she want to design her business around her life, getting clarity about what does she desire to have as a lifestyle? Uh, Does she want to live in the city, or does she want to live out in the woods? And one of my favorite hot seats that she had in the Next Level Mastermind where she says, hey, do you mind if I sit here and just, you know, we have a dream session, a brainstorming session about what do I want? And I'd love to just share with you some thoughts that are going through my head and you can guys can ask me questions or give me suggestions of different directions. And, and it was just a dreaming session. And as a result of that, uh, she came away with it and within a couple of weeks, made the decision to cancel the contract on a house that she was going to have built in the city where she lives, but instead having a little bit more of a rural country lifestyle, a little bit more of a laid-back pace to do life in a completely different way that was more in alignment with what her dreams are. And so that was exciting. And what makes this episode unique, well, first of all, I want to just make you aware that there are some technical things that I want to address. For example, the first eight minutes of my conversation that you're about ready to hear with Carrie had an issue where she the we were on Zoom and her audio coming to me was dropping out pretty consistently. And you'll hear it, and I think you'll be able to understand a majority of everything that's being said from her side, but not everything. And don't worry, it's only for about eight minutes. And then after that, I recognized that it was only getting worse. And so I made the decision to see if we can't switch over to a different platform. And so we went to FaceTime audio 
And when we went to FaceTime, the audio quality is a little different, but at least we heard everything Carrie was saying. So I want to just make a note that for the first eight minutes, when you hear Carrie's audio breaking sporadically as she's responding to my questions, uh, that's only going to be for that first eight minutes. And then it will transfer over. So just stick in there. It, it'll be worth it, I promise. Especially if you're listening to this because you want to learn more about Carrie because you were somebody who has had the opportunity to be in the Next Level Mastermind during the year that she was in the group. So the other thing that makes this unique, though, is that prior to us having the recording going, I was explaining to Carrie what the format of this show is. And I was saying, you know how when we had our one-on-one coaching sessions, we went down all sorts of different rabbit trails and in conversation. She goes, yeah. I said, that's kind of what I like to do in the community voice. I like to just, she goes, yeah, but those are private, kind of joking, right? And I said, yeah. And we had some pretty interesting conversations that without the context of our relationship and and prior conversations that we've had, it just might seem a little odd, out of place, those kind of conversations. And it would cause more questions than being really of value for anyone. So, uh, I said, hey, but don't worry. We're, we're both aware that this is being recorded. And as a result of that... Uh, I just want you to know that, that you know, we can choose consciously as we're recording here what rabbit trails we go down. Well, completely my fault. Uh, we got to this place, and you'll hear it in the episode where I talk to her about some of the books that I've been, or one of the books that I've been reading about Carl Gustav Jung and, and some other things that I've learned about the first seven years and, and all this other stuff. And, and she says, oh, and I always love to hear the books that you're reading, so thank you for that. And Somewhere along the line of our conversation, I took us into the, not just into a rabbit hole, but we went really deep down into the woods. And I just sensed that I was sharing so many things. There's not anything that Carrie shared in our conversation that I think that she would have not wanted put into this episode. Uh, I'm certain of it. But... I recognized that I was sharing things with Carrie that made lots of sense for me to share just casually, nonchalantly, based upon one year of previous conversations at that level. But I began to feel a little self-conscious about sharing what I was sharing in an episode of The Community Voice. And it, and it just, it just, there was something in my inner spirit saying, hey, Cliff, uh, you realize, did you forget that this is being recorded for public consumption? And it, I'm like, ooh. And as soon as I finished my conversation with Carrie, and Carrie, if you're listening to this, you probably are aware that it's like, man, I, I did notice that Cliff, it, it seemed a little uh, abrupt how the, the conversation ended. But what was going on is internally I'm... I'm Sensing that something has not gone right in in the way that this is coming about as far as an episode of The Community Voice. I definitely love the fact that Carrie and I had the conversation we did. But it wasn't the purpose of the show. And so what was originally, this is crazy, what was originally a one hour and 22 minute conversation 
when I edited out everything that I didn't feel should be in the episode, you're left with 22 minutes. Yeah, I I took out one hour of our conversation. And it's not something... Carrie and I had an incredible hour of conversation. and, And it was very much slipping into the pattern of just how our conversations have naturally gone into the past. But... Uh, it, it it would cause more questions for you as a listener than I'm willing to answer without all the context of all the the prior relationship that would be built into understanding the conversation that I was sharing from my half to Carrie. And so I felt it'd be best to just edit that out. Now, when I was finishing the editing process, I realized there's only 22 minutes and 40 seconds left of our conversation should I contact Carrie and just not even release this and let her know, maybe reschedule another time? And then I got to thinking, well, what is in there? There's a story about how Carrie met Derek, her husband, for the first time, their first date. Um, there's also information about her childhood, her earliest memories, uh, little tidbits about who her dad was, what he did for a living about her journey of homeschooling. There is a little bit of me sharing a book that I've read and some things and some insights that I've received and just the conversation that sparked out of that. And there's updates about her decision to move out into the country and where she's at in that process. So there there are some interesting things that are in the 22 minutes that I'm about ready to play for you that anybody who was in the Next Level Mastermind group during the year that Carrie was in it, they would find these things absolutely compelling to hear about Carrie's journey since they've last spoken with her and also to learn more things about her that they did not know in the past. So with all of that being said, I'm about ready to share with you the abridged conversation that I had with Carrie Olson. Without any further ado, here's what you get to listen to. Carrie, I am excited to have you on the Community Voice. How are you today? I'm well. Thanks, Cliff. I'm excited to be here. I want to learn things about you that I've never known about you before. How did you and Derek meet? That's the first thing that comes to mind. That's such a, just an ominous way to start this conversation. Not with that question, but just that statement. So Derek and I met when I moved in next door to him. We are both from Oklahoma, from different parts of Oklahoma. We grew up, in, I grew up in Tulsa. He grew up in the Edmond area, which is near Oklahoma City. And he moved to Kansas City in, I think, two thousand seven, maybe 2008, something like that. And then I moved to Kansas City two years after that. And I moved in right next door. So we shared a driveway and he saw that my license plate said Oklahoma. And so that was his opening, kind of how he introduced himself. Oh, I see you're from Oklahoma. And that's how we met. He, He jokes that he saw me moving in, physically moving my stuff in the house. And when we tell that in a crowd, our friends like, go help her. But because he just watched the whole time. But I had other friends with me who were helping. I didn't tell moving into the house if, you know, I don't know if it was a couple or. Yeah, that's how we met. So, how many years ago was this? How old were you and he? I was 25 and he, he turned 30. So, 
Yeah, or he turned 30 like right after that. And so 12 years ago, is that right? Yes, I think that's right. Excellent. So by the way, your audio breaks up every now and then, but I, did you say you were 27? Is that what I heard? I was 25. Okay, you were 25. I don't know why my audio is breaking up. Yes. Okay, and he was 30, and that was about 12 years ago. Yes. Excellent. So he came over, says, I see you're from Oklahoma, and he invited you instantly out for your first date. How did that happen? When I moved to Kansas City, I decided right away that I was going to be involved. I joined a church. I joined a softball dance class. So I was constantly going. I wasn't, because I knew, I think, two people in the city. I didn't want to just be home and, like, I wanted to be involved. So he noticed right away from my first day there, I was going all the time. And so one day when I was leaving, I think I would go to a dance class, and he he would fun. So he was the the weird neighbor that I told my friend. I was like, "I'm there's this next door neighbor. He's got this 1970 popped up popped up bus, and he mows his lawn in his rain boots." And that was all I knew about Derek. And so he had just gotten done mowing his lawn, and I was pulling out of the driveway. And he walks up, and I don't remember exactly what the line was. Something about Oklahoma, and we started talking. And we were definitely flirting from that very first moment. And then I went to my dance class and then he probably said something like, come over and hang out sometime. And he was really into, uh, we, we were into coffee and homebrewed and stuff like that. So we would sit out in the front yard and his, he lived with his brother at the time and we would just hang out in the front yard. They'd bring the coffee table out and we would sit there and drink homebrewed beer and so we'd hung out like that for a while before we went on an official first date. So what was the official first date? He took me to a Kansas City Royals game because at the time, Derek was working for Blue Bell Ice Cream and they would get they would get tickets, like really great tickets. So these were, I think, second row on the third baseline. And we went and we took his Vita pop top bus and we tailgated and then went into the game. And that was our first date. What was life like as a child for you? What What is your earliest memory and what were some of the things that you liked then? I remember meeting my fraternal grandma when I was two. She died when I, I remember meeting her. And my memory is I was near her. So my dad's mom was Carrie. And I was also my mom's mom. Her name was Lucille. So my name's Carrie Lucille. And my dad used to... When my grand, my his mom was ill, he would joke and say, "Carrie, I'm gonna spank you" or something like that, because he knew that her name was Carrie too. So he was saying it to me, but would always say it around her because it would kind of make her smile. Um, so that's the first memories. It's weird the things you remember. I remember burning my pinky on an iron when I was four, and let's see. You said, what was childhood like for me? I was a really quiet kid, especially in public. I was just deathly shy. I think that I kind of remind myself a little bit of my, or my older daughter reminds me of me some. She's shy, but she's always thinking. I think I was just always in my head. My mom jokes that people thought I couldn't talk because I just didn't. But she also says that I was born an adult. So I didn't, 
I have three siblings and normal kid stuff growing up as far as just getting in trouble and things like that. And I just didn't. You said you were in your head a lot. Do you remember some of the things that you used to think about a lot as a kid? Information. I was always analyzing information. So when my parents or, you know, other adults or people were talking, I would just sit there and listen to whatever they were talking about. I read a lot. So I, and I read a lot of mystery novels. And then I also really liked classic novels as I got a little bit older. Okay, so I have a question for you. Mystery novels, Were you? did you read uh, Nancy Drew novels by any chance? Yes. Okay, so I just had a Community Voice conversation with Leslie Graham two hours ago. Mm-hmm. She also read Nancy Drew mystery novels when she was a kid. Yeah, I, I think, let's see, my aunt, I think, found this set of them at a garage sale. I don't remember how many there were, maybe 20 read all of them and I remember one day I I just sat I think I was probably nine just read one cover to cover just sat down and read the whole thing so yes I I read those books a lot was very into Nancy Drew so you said other mystery novels what's something else that you remember that's some of the other more classic novels that you remember reading I attach it which was a required reading book so uh but it's a survive. It's a survival. It's about a young boy who I forget how he gets stranded, but he has to survive in the wilderness by himself, and all he has is a hatchet. And so, good. like that was kind of formative. But I really liked that book. Were you into any kind of sports or anything like that? Yes, I was really competitive in sports. My dad was a high school English teacher, but also a bitch, and. So with the boys, he, with my brother, they would do days from the time they were little. He would get them up in the morning. They would do practice and then have practice after school. He didn't do that with me and my sister, but he grew up playing softball. And we would do all the summer camps. He coached in them and my mom coached tennis. So I did competitive sports all through school and played softball and ran cross country and track in college. Gotcha. So let me ask you a quick question. Um, Do you ever do FaceTime on your computer desktop there that you're using this? Can I try to call you via computer FaceTime and see if we have a better connection? Because I mean, I'm picking up about 92% of every word that you're saying, but 8% is getting dropped. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to hang up here on Skype and I will call you via FaceTime. Sounds good. All right. So we have just transferred from Zoom over to FaceTime for better audio quality. All right. So what were we just discussing? Um, oh, okay. So your dad was a coach and he and your brother, I, I didn't quite catch or capture everything that you said. So uh, your dad was a, he was a English school teacher and also a coach. And then you began to talk about your brothers versus you. And I missed all of that. Yeah, so my brothers would do two-a-days. He would make them do two-a-days from when they were really little. So they would get up and do baseball practice before school and after school. Uh, But he didn't make my sister and I do that. Okay, so I've never heard of two-a-days. So what? what explain to me, what is a -a two-a-day? Oh, that's when you get up before the sun's up and you go. So if you're baseball, you go to the batting cages 
and you, you know, practice for a good hour or so before school, then you go to school. And then after school, you do another practice. Oh, so two practices a day. Oh, yes. two a day. Now I understand. Yes. But he didn't. And, he, and so you're saying he made your brothers do that twice a week, but not you. Probably more than twice a week. Oh. Yes. I, I ended up having to do two days later just through other sports. You know, we would get up and run before school for cross country and things like that. But my dad was very... He he wanted to make my brothers into the best ball players they could be. So he started them young doing their two-a-day practices. Do your brothers play ball today? No. Okay. Gotcha. So your dad was an English teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that had anything to do with your love of reading? I think so. There must have been something there. He was very... He made sure that we all talked grammatically <laughs> Correct, which I I don't know how much of that has stuck, but yeah, he was he would do things. One of the things I remember about him is he would have us say a, a sentence and then emphasize a different word in that sentence. So, what is the deal? 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 And just little things like that just to, I don't know what the point was, just to have an awareness of speech and words and things like that. But yeah, there's there's a good chance that's where some of that came from. Yeah, I love that. Do you ever find yourself doing things with your kids and teaching them in ways that your dad once did for you? So, I mean, I'm sure so much of that stuff is subconscious. And so, I mean, the answer is yes, because every everything about me, right, came from my parents. So I'm sure that I do, but there's not, I don't know that there's anything intentional because, well, as you know, I talked about starting to homeschool my kids, uh, the, the last conversation or few conversations that we've had months ago. So that is happening now. So I'm homeschooling my girls and it's, it's definitely, you know, just a really intentional thing. It's, it's neat to get to think about not just what are the things that I want to teach them, what are the things I want them to learn, but to be able to define what the learning standards are. Because, you know, you go to a public school or any kind of school system and here's the learning standards, here's the the expectations for the different grade levels. And to be able to, from a blank slate, say, by if I homeschool my kids through high school, what do I want them to have learned? What do I want them to to know and to have mastered, or even just, you know, if it's only this year, what are those things? So this isn't quite answering your question, but I don't, I don't know that that came from, I don't think any of that came from my dad necessarily. I feel like his was more, he had his job and then his kids, he, he would just kind of toss us nuggets, you know, through when he come, came home from work, that was just kind of what our interactions were. That's that's my uh, experience of that anyway. You mentioned that you're homeschooling now. What has been the most eye-opening thing now that you're into the thick of it? What is, what is the most eye-opening thing? I was like, oh my gosh, I never anticipated this. Yeah, so one of the first things when, as I was researching to do this and thinking about it and praying about it and dreaming about it, I 
through the course of one, just being confident in my ability to teach my kids. I, I don't think I was ever scared. And a lot of the parents I talked to who were thinking about homeschooling just want to run the other way because it sounds extremely scary. So I was never scared. And I think there were a couple reasons. One was I just always felt confident in my ability to, you know, if, if anyone can teach my kids things, it seems like I should be the one to be able to do that. That just seemed natural. But also my kids are so young. So I felt like it was just not a lot of pressure because, you know, Derek and I are really intentional about, you know, teaching the girls things informally. So my thought was they're so young that even if I didn't do anything super formal, they'd be getting a, they already are getting a great education just from, you know, what we do around the house. But so one of the eye-opening experiences was my seven-year-old, she's in the second grade. It's funny because it's homeschool. So I guess it's the equivalent of second second grade. So you don't really have to have grades in homeschool. But one of the eye-opening things was she is old enough and she does need, like, as far as what I want her to be able to do, she's at a place where there needs to be really disciplined time. You know, Ruby's four, so her school could literally be playing around all day because she's not even in kindergarten yet. And in kindergarten, that's mostly what you do anyway. But with Amelie, there, it's not all going to happen in a I mean, from day one, we always had sit down, study time, you know, we're doing school, but she needs to be disciplined to sit down and write out a page of, you know, of something or do copy work or, you know, to, to have that disciplined amount of time. And we can't, we can't skip over that. That's something that's a skill she needs to develop. And she's old enough to, to, you know, have to do that. So that was one eye-opening thing. And again, not that I was expecting that we wouldn't have any of that, but it was, I saw the need to really teach that to her. Like you, you need to sit still for at least this amount of time and, and, and finish this assignment. Cause I think even for her, she, she loved the idea of homeschooling. And I don't know if she expected that she was going to have to sit still, <laughs> and, you know, cause it's whatever. She, um, but she had something- sco- Amelie had school experience though, right? Sitting in a classroom and having to do that all day. Right. Yes, she went to she went to a French immersion school for kindergarten and first grade, but all of first grade was online for her. Oh. So, so that was another I think difficult. Well, I know difficult piece because yeah, it was it was sitting still, but it was also just on a screen all day. Um, so yeah, and what one of the things I really liked about French immersion was when we were touring the school before she went, they said because it's in a different language, kids it's not that they're forced to pay attention, but their brains are more kind of drawn to, and they have to pay a little bit more attention because they don't understand everything right away. So it, it really teaches that focus. And so that was a great thing. And and we've lost that now because I don't, I don't speak French, so I can't really, you know, um, mirror that, that same experience. I've read a number of books in the past two or three months on psychology. And I have heard it mentioned in, I mean, these are completely unrelated books. One of them, for example, is the autobiography of Carl Gustav Jung. Uh, so this is a German psychologist from the early or late 1800s, early 1900s, uh, contemporary of Sigmund Freud, which is, by the way, a fascinating read to hear about their friendship and then the end of their friendship. And what an 
eighties, a, a guy who's in his eighties, who's not afraid to tell you what he really f- felt about Freud. And uh, anyway, it's fun. Anyway, but I, I'm pretty sure it was mentioned in there. But then just a number of other different, like Dr. Bruce Lipton might be his name. Something a book called Psych K. It's actually pronounced Psy-K, but it's P-S-Y-C-H hyphen K. I read that book, and then I've read a number of other books. And, and it seems like there's this recurring theme that just keeps, keeps coming up, and it's about, our, it's, it's about being in a trance state and how we learn and how our, our subconscious mind picks up its programming code. And here's the statistic I've heard multiple times from different sources that from age, from all the way from birth to age seven, children are their brain is actually in what's called a theta brain wave state, which is actually a form of uh, of deep trance, and that everything that they take in goes immediately into their subconscious programming. Have you ever heard anything related to this? Well, um, so not not in those words, but I've heard, by the way, I always love hearing about what you're reading. So thanks for bringing that up. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So let's see, I've heard that up until age five, all of the, and I'm not going to use the technical language here, but all of the wiring that determines how kids relate to things is done. So uh, they, they're taking in all those things subconsciously and, and they're learning how to connect and relate to things and all of that's done by age five. And then up to age eight is when another piece of that is solidifying, which is probably what you're talking about. But again, I don't remember the, the technical language. Tell us real quickly, how are things going with the house? They're going, I'm going to say, well, it's, it's not going as we thought it was necessarily, but fine. So we, committed to building a house in the city and decided not to do that. And we are now pursuing other things and we are actively looking for houses outside the city and potentially, I mean, we've gone and looked at one and we, there's another one that I'm eyeing right now that we might go look at. So the summer has been, it's been difficult just with different things going on to find the right timing and the housing market has been just so on fire that things are, you know, selling same day or the next day. It's not as bad as it was maybe a month or so ago, but yeah, we're still, the the plan is still the same as far as we're, we're moving, (laughs) we're moving out of the city. So yeah, the other thing I was going to say about that is Derek is taking Amelie, our seven-year-old, on a five-day bike trip across Missouri. So they're going to bike and camp. And that is, that's later, let's see, I guess in October. So we're also trying to just work around different things for what the right timing is. But yeah, it's, it's all good. We're still feeling great about it and we're super excited and most likely we'll be in the Kansas City area. And so we're right on pretty close to state line. So we could end up in can- on the Kansas side. We could end up on the Missouri side, but we're thinking within an hour of where we are right now, which is, you know, right in the heart of the city. Do you know how many acres that you dream of having at this point? The properties we've been looking at are three-ish, but we've considered some that have more. And we're talking to people about what it takes to actually live on that much land, like how much of it actually has to be managed. So some of the properties we've looked at have had as much as 15 
Um, so we'll see. I think it, it'll depend on the the house that we that we end up wanting to buy because we we're so flexible as far as location. I can do what I do from anywhere, and Derek can, and the girls are homeschooled, so we don't have a whole we don't have any anchor points, you know. So it'll be the house that we love, and then the property that that kind of comes with it. But at least three, I think it'd be nice to have more than that. But but at least those three, yeah. Carrie, it's always a pleasure to connect with you. If people wanted to keep in touch with the things that you've got going on today, is there anything people can go and follow? I'm on social media. Everything's Carrie Olson VO. It's C-A-R-R-I-E-O-L-S-E-N. VO is in voiceover. And uh, my website's CarrieOlsonVO.com. You can sign up for anything there and that will put you on my email list. Awesome. Things going well in the VO business? They are. Derek still taking on all the additional exciting marketing opportunities that are in front of him? He he is, yes. We just had a meeting today to kind of re-envision that. So, oh, yeah, we've got, got good stuff coming. Well, there you go. I'm not going to restate anything I said at the opening of the show. Uh, it, this is a unique situation, a unique episode, an abridged conversation that I had here with Carrie Olson. I got to tell you, I love Carrie. I love what she's doing in this world. I love how she serves her community of people through the voiceover work that she does, the community, the membership that she has there, but just also the way that she shows up in the lives of her friends, fellow entrepreneurs the way that she engages with her husband, the way they do work and life together, the way that they parent together. I'm excited about all of the things that Carrie's got going on in her world. She's an amazing person. And I wish I would have had the foresight to not go so far down a rabbit trail that I would have actually gotten back into a lot more about the things that we could have learned about Carrie. But I, I know that I have a strong enough relationship with Carrie that we can bring her back in the future. So head over to Carrie Olson, C-A-R-R-I-E-O-L-S-E-N-V-O for voiceover.com. CarrieOlsonVO.com to learn more about what she's got going on in this world. Check out our stuff on social media. I'll put some links in the show notes. Until next time, my friends, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Mindset Answer Man.